0: You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Carelli,
1: and I'm John Hurt, but not that John Hurt.
0: <laughs> and and uh, we're from MindRobber.net, the home site of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all the things on podcasts like this one, The Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who. Then there's the Mind Robbers Verses, uh, where we talk about, where we're currently talking about uh, Justice League Unlimited, episode by episode. Pretty soon, we're going to be covering Veronica Mars uh very soon few weeks from now that's um, also where you can find our reviews of uh of like big tent pole movies that we want to talk about um, like Thor the Dark World or the Hunger Games Catching Fire And then there's our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else. If you like our shows, you should review them on iTunes. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, email those to us, podcast at mindrobber.net. And if you want to start a discussion, add it to the comments section to the post of this episode on the website so that everyone can know what you're thinking. But most importantly, uh, tell all your friends about the show um, because they should be listening. Uh, Because, like, what are you guys even talking about if you're not talking about our show? That's what I'm saying. Um... So uh so today on the show uh we're going to be talking about um obvi- the the obvious thing uh, the day of the doctor but we're also going to talk about the light at the end which is the big finish 50th anniversary special as well as the five-ish doctor's reboot uh which is uh the the short film um that it was written and directed by Peter Davison starring uh Peter Davison and <laughs> Peter Davison and Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy and Paul McGann and a lot of other guest stars. Um so uh we're gonna be talking about all of those things, uh but we're doing them in that order. So let's talk about the Day of the Doctor. Um Day of the Doctor, of course, uh written by uh Stephen Moffat, directed by Nick Hurran. Um and w- Matt and I were both i think going into this like we were excited like we are every time we're getting new Doctor Who but I mean we've been hard on Moffat um especially especially in uh in in like the back half of season six and and into C- series seven um and I felt that he was he was coming back around with name of the doctor. And you you've since revisited and sort of revisited your opinion of that episode. No, no, <laughs> no. Funny story. I rewatched name of the doctor
1: about two hours before day of the doctor, and I was like, all right, open, open, open mind. And I know that you rewatched it, and a friend um, a friend of the show, Meg Staggs, watched it. and She was like, oh, this is actually much better. And I watched it again, and I hated it more. So, huh. Yeah, did not get me in the good mindset for the day of the doctor. I will, I'll freely admit that. So, oh, okay. yeah,
0: I know. Um, I'm, I'm sad. I'm sorry. I, yeah, no, I still love name of the doctor. So, um, there you go. Uh, but uh, yeah. So, um, the day of the doctor happened, and uh, I think that there's a couple of things. One, um. As an anniversary special, like I, I I don't, I actually don't think that it works as an anniversary special. Um, uh, but I actually think that because, uh, in the past anniversary specials have sort of been these like standalone things, um, that really have nothing to do with anything other than like we're celebrating, um, Mm -hmm and this i don't feel works that way but i think that that is not a detriment to the story at all i actually think that it it helps a lot um i like that this was uh just another episode um in a, in a lot of ways like this is just sort of continuing the story that was started in um with like the 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 clara i guess the clara stuff um so like i like that it was just another episode um, in a lot of ways, but it was big and important because it, you know, it had to do with Gallifrey and all of that stuff, and the Time War. Um, but I actually liked that it was just an episode. I, I think that that was, um, I think that was a really uh, good choice on Moffat's part, and I think that I'm glad that he has figured out that he needs time to write his things because I think when he is given uh, that extra time. Um, i think i mean i think that's why we're not getting as much doctor who in his era is because after you know after series five six um i think moffat realized that like he can't he can't keep churning out scripts um because he needs time to sit on them and make them better um or we get things like the wedding of River song and um I uh, I think that this is this this special. I think this is the best thing that he's written, you um, in, in a really long time. Um, I, I think it's really good. It does do the Moffity thing where there's a lot of repeat stuff, um, of of repeat concepts and ideas um, from from past Moffat stories or past moffat era stories. Um and uh, I I I definitely noticed those things. Um but even still like I still think that uh, they were all I think every concept that he reused in Day of the Doctor were concepts for the most part that were failures um in other episodes that he then he then improved upon here because he had the time to do so um whereas like in the past i felt that when he was repeating himself repeating himself he was repeating good ideas and making them like not as good <laughs> um so i i think for that the day of the doctor is is quite strong as well so i uh, i i really enjoyed this um a lot and i actually just watched it again before we started recording and um i i think that it 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 was even better the second time so um yeah i i i really really loved this um, yeah, uh, I loved it too.
1: Um, so, that's <laughs> keeping everyone a bated breath. There's no point in doing that. Um, I agree with everything that you said. I think that it's interesting because it is a special, but it's not really a special. Like, it is, like, just continuing the overall narrative of the, of the show that he's doing and kind of, I don't know, we'll see how much it's l- leading up to the Smith Regeneration that's coming in the Christmas special. But it is the sort of thing where it's just kind of continuing the... The, the show and it it is I don't know, it is kind of standalone in the way that series seven was really standalone and that Clara's not in the TARDIS at the beginning and then it, it 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 uh she just kinda joins up and then they go on an adventure. But I find that um yeah, this is easily Moffat's best script in I don't know how long. Probably going back to Christmas Carol. Um like yeah, Christmas, Christmas Carol. Um, because I think that you know we just rewatched Impossible Astronaut, and I think that Impossible Astronaut is really good. But I think that this is better. Mm-hmm. But I also think that Christmas Carol is arguably the best thing that he's written for the show. Um, so, uh, and that's just, but that's just my thing. Um, but I think that it's just a, it was great. Like, and I and I was rolling my eyes at certain bits as I would because, mm, but. At the end of the day, like, the thing that's amazing is it's just so undeniably good. Um, undeniably good because it's, it's about something. And I feel like a lot of the Moffat stories have been hinting at being about something recently. Um, if you look at the things that he's doing, like, I feel like he wants to say something, but it's always, it's always muddled. And I think that his thing is that he needs to figure out what he's saying. And that's what I think that the, the time goes, like, that's why I think that all of his stories pre, a uh, good man goes to war work because at a certain point he just kind of gets so uh, tripped up in his uh, plot mechanics that he doesn't kind of figure out exactly what he's trying to say and how the best way is to say it. Cause it kind of just comes off as like a thing that doesn't really play as much as you want it to. Mm-hmm. And I think I almost that-
0: wonder, I almost wonder if that's how he writes in his drafts is like he, he worries about all of the boring plot mechanic stuff first Mm-hmm. And then laces in the theme afterward, and the reason that his episodes recently haven't is because he hasn't had time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because it it does it almost feels like he works in steps, and he was missing like one or two steps in his other yeah. episodes, which is why they feel so hollow.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at bells of Saint John, which we consider to be mediocre at best. I think mm-hmm. that if bells of Saint John is a great example of that, where bells of Saint John is like you know, it's not really about anything except getting Claire into the TARDIS, kind of. Um, But it is this structure and it is this story that, like, just feels like Moffat just burning off an episode, more than anything. Um, And that's that's not what I want. Whereas I feel like Name of the Doctor, for as much as I didn't like it, is trying to do something new, but I also, at the end of Name of the Doctor, don't really know what it's trying to say. Um, Whereas this, it's very clear. Um, And it's very, very, very clear. And it's the story that, like, I don't know, Moffat just clicks into and knows how to write and knows how to write extremely well and turns into this really amazing story. Like, and I was, I mean, it was 75 minutes long. I had to get up one time to go to the bathroom, but that's because I had two drinks before and I was just like, oh no. Um, But, <laughs> so I paused it for like 30 seconds. But other than that, like, I was going through it and I was just breathlessly enjoying the whole thing. And you know, it, it I wasn't trying to go in being cynical, but like, the, despite those moments rearing their ugly heads for just a for just a quick second, not thinking that it's terribly perfect uh, overall, I think that it is remarkably good and the sort of thing that is celebratory and fun in the way that Moffat stories need to be. And re- while recycling these ideas, like you said, he comes at it with a freshness that I think you know, has been missing. Bells of St. John is another great example. I mean, just to go at it again, because like the doctor shows up in like England in 938 or whenever it is. And I'm just like, oh, I've seen this before he does that here. Um, He does that thing where the doctor just happens to be in the past and is waiting to kind of be called into the adventure. Uh, The twist is that it's the 10th doctor, Um, which I think is really, really great as a use of that. And seeing Moffat do interesting things like the 3d painting, um uh, uh, the idea of, you know, taking away the minds of the Zygons and the humans, like all of those things just really work. And I think it's really fantastic. It is a, Tremendous retcon, um, which I find hilarious. Um, but I don't care. Like, I watched it a second time and I liked it just as much the second time. Uh, and afterwards, I was on such a Doctor Who high and I went out with a friend to lunch and we were just talking about the show. And he has never seen the classic series. So we were just like talking, talking, talking about all sorts of things. And it was just really invigorating and really exciting. And it's just one of those things where. Um, it's not that I don't like the show anymore, it's that I, the show just hasn't been doing anything for me. And this did something for me. And this makes me like really excited for Christmas to see, like, you know, this is what Moffat does when Moffat is really trying to make something that is above his status, I suppose. Whereas, like, Name of the Doctor, I feel, is him just trying to do a good season finale or a good thing for his show. I think that this is a thing where he is in a larger dialogue with the show itself, and needs to step up his game, knows he needs to step up his game and actually came up with a really great story that will step up his game. Um, and I think that bodes really well for the Christmas special because it's a regeneration story and regeneration stories need to be bigger than themselves uh, because they're about, you know, a doctor. They're not about like a season or an episode. It's then that I think is really important to remember and note. Um, but no, I loved this. I thought it was stunning and the best Moffat in ages and ages and ages. And I was just finishing it. And I was like, where did this guy go? Like, where did he go? Cause he's still here. Like, <laughs> I,
0: he, I, think... I think, I honestly think he just takes too long to write stuff. I mean, I think that's what it is. He, he yeah. needs that time. Yeah. Um. Cause,
1: cause he needs like, cause, and it's not just like, and it's not just the writing things. I think it's like, he's just pulled in too many directions. Like we've said that he's not a great producer. And I think the thing is like, he just needs to not produce. Like, yeah. Davies was a showrunner. Davies was mm-hmm. head writer and showrunner. And like that worked for Davies. Moffitt should be head writer at most. And like
0: mm-hmm.
1: be a producer. By all means, make some of the calls, but like you should not be overseeing like the day to day as much as I think Russell T. Davies necessarily was. Because Davies was like super duper involved. I think that Moffat needs to allow the whoever his next executive producer is, I forget that person's name, to just have a little more Control and to trust that person more than he's been trusting that person or whatever because I know that he keeps fighting with them. Um, I don't know. I just I just think it's really fascinating and um, like what what a a good sport because I love that I love that despite the fact that it is just so much fezzing which I was just like very tired of the instant it showed up. Um, It is also like there's a point where John hurts. Doctor is just like what the hell are you doing? Like and I thought I was like I was like. This is really mature for Moffat. Like, is he just like, cause it, it's, and it's so weird seeing the fan pander, like the ridiculous fan pander, and then seeing, um, the old guy, which is, I mean, like, John Hurt is kind of like a, uh, like a herald of Capaldi and the way that Capaldi's going to be older. Like, it makes me wonder, like, how much of the, that fan pandering is going to persist? Because it is a thing where it's like, he's, he's fan pandering, but he's also like, Slapping the fan panders in the face, which I find fascinating, um, mm-hmm. and it's just it's so interesting. Well, um,
0: it, but but the, but slapping the fan pandering in the face is also pandering to fans, mm. um, because there there are as many of uh, of the really loud youthful fans of Doctor Who currently that are like, ah, Fezes There's just as many that are like you that see a Fez and cross their arms and go mer, 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 s- <laughs> <laughs> So he's he's actually pandering to both. Um by doing that, like you don't think that you're being pandered to, but you're totally being pandered to. Um, and and but that's that's the thing that uh, that's an anniversary. Spe- I mean, that's that's the whole point of this. This an anniversary special is pandering. I mean, that's the whole reason it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea of there not being pandering in a in an anniversary special uh, would be a ridiculous idea. Um, because the the fact that, the fact that we get like all 13 doctors at the end and you get that lineup at the end and I'm just like, yeah, okay, this is pandering, but I wouldn't want it any other way because otherwise it's not an anniversary special. Um, Yep. so, uh, so no, I, 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 I love that he found a way to pander to both sides of Dr. Who, uh, fandom. And I think that that was, I, th- I thought it was really well done. Um. In a really great way. That being said, uh, best use of Fez in a while, uh, probably but since the. First do not time. disagree at all. Um, <laughs> like when the Fez came through and I, and she was like, "Well, I wasn't expecting that." And I was like, "I was like, um, okay." And then and so that that first time, I was like, mm, "That was a little pandery." And then when he finds the Fez and throws it in and I, throws it into the thing, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's all right, fine." And then <laughs> you tenant just being like, anything could happen. And then the Fez could, I was like, okay, that was funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so like, and it just kept building until like it finally, you you got the whole picture of how the Fez throwing was like a herald of, of, of who had the Fez last. And I think that that was, I I, I thought it was really well done. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. As, a, as a dramatic device it actually, or a narrative device, it worked really well. Like yeah. really, really well. It's like a symbol that, you know, persist.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: but, 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 but ties into bringing everything together and stuff. Like I thought it was really, really great for that.
0: Mm-hmm. And ties into the, to the, again, the, the, uh, the classic fandom, uh, pandering with, with John Hurt just being like, can you like not act like children? Um, <laughs> he's like, why, what, what, what happened that you hate acting like an adult so much? And it like brings the whole thing, like that one line, brings the whole series full circle for me where finally everything is connected um, mm-hmm. as far like thematically connected where you're like, Oh, that's why they act like that is because they don't want to be adults anymore. Because the last time they were full on adults, it didn't go very well. Um, I like they, it was too much responsibility. So now they're like anti responsibility, which I think is a really fascinating uh take on, the new who doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I, I really thought that was brilliant, brilliantly done. Um, yeah. uh, just, just what a great way to bridge that gap. I think mm-hmm. that, definitely,
1: I totally agree on that. And I think that that's the thing that I, I'm, I'm like pulling away from this is it's, 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 it's done with purpose. I mean, I, didn't love the John Hurt Doctor when when it first aired, but the longer I sat with it, the more I was like, okay, well, let's just see what you do with it. And it turns out that like the John Hurt Doctor ends up being like a really strong thing and the sort of thing where it's like, no, one canon, two, uh, yeah, like let's 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 keep seeing more of him, like or not seeing more of him, but just like what a great use of that device to not just be like, oh, this is going to be this, and it was not what I was expecting, but it was like just. I don't know, great use of, great use of him, like, as a commentary device, as a narrative device, as a way of, like, telling an interesting story, um, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, I mean, I, I can easily just spin that off into a new direction, but I don't know if you wanted to say anything, um, uh,
0: but- <laughs> no, I'm good, go ahead. Okay,
1: um, because the thing is, like, when, when I was hearing about The other Doctor and they were like, oh, Tennant's gonna be in it, I was like, okay, cool, like, I want that. I wanted, you know other doctors in it like i wanted you know colin baker in it, and i wanted paul mcgann and they gave me paul mcgann and neither the doctor which is okay um i wanted Davis davison i wanted tom baker i wanted sylvester mccoy like i wanted my classic doctors to have like moments and stuff and interestingly enough like the whole time i was in there kind of waiting for doctors to show up and then they showed up at the end and it was the sort of thing where i was like okay that was really 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 cool um but I love that, you know, I'm just sitting here just like, so is Moffat ashamed of the classic era? Like, is he just like, does he not want to like in- endorse it? Does he not want to do this? And the reason is like, Day of the Doctor just wouldn't have worked with any of those characters, um, which I find a genius way to get around that. Um, because, you know, it is, it has to be the story of these two, should be three. But, you know, Eccleston said, uh, I don't want to do it. So they cast Billy Piper instead. Um, and oh, I is think... is that what it was? Well, that's what I think. Like, watching it again, I was like, I was like, how would Eccleston have fit into this? Because there were two versions that were written. And if you actually, I don't know, I had this thing where I was watching it through again. If you go back and through and rewatch, I wonder how you'd take this. If you just replace Billy Piper with Eccleston in your head, see how that plays. Like, as the ghost of Christmas future or whatever. Um,
0: yeah, see, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I I I honestly think that the John Hurt doctor is is uh specifically comes from the idea of Eccleston not wanting to be a part of it.
1: Um, I think I think you're not wrong. Like
0: I think that's the other possibility that I saw for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I I I actually think that it works better without Eccleston. Um but I I don't know. Like I I I really like the idea that um that uh, Eccleston is uh, Eccleston's doctor is uh, comes out of the time war rather than being a part of it. Um, yeah. So so I I I do like that. I, it makes it it bums me out that Eccleston isn't in it, but at the same time, like I don't. I think that I think that Moffat found a way to uh, sort of feel his presence without him actually being there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't disagree at all. I think that, like, I, I wish that he was in it, but I didn't miss him in the sense that, like, he Moffat did figure out a way to write around it, which was really interesting. I think that if you had made the John Hurt Doctor Eccleston, I think it would be a much more – that would have been really interesting. Like, just in the sense mm-hmm. of, like, what a retcon that is, because that's not how it was in my head. Like, I don't know. I think – because you and I are on the same page on this where Eccleston wasn't in the Time War. Like, he comes out of it, which is
0: – right. He he. What what we had always thought was that, um, uh, the eighth Doctor, because obviously we didn't know anything about John Hurt, the eighth Doctor was in the war and then made the decision to kill everybody, and then he's the last one to survive, which hits his regeneration, basically turning yes. him into Eccleston. That's what I think. That's what both of us had b- basically believed had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's the thing. That's the thing that I actually love about this as an anniversary special is like it's it's one thing to celebrate the past and it's another thing to celebrate the future but like this doesn't really celebrate either it just gives us a bridge to between the two which we never had before yeah Yeah. and which i think is a is a totally different way to celebrate the show is by is like okay you you you've never had a bridge between these two concepts before of classic Who and new Who. Here's the bridge. Mm-hmm. That's your. That's how we're celebrating fifty years. Is we're showing you how these two worlds work together. Yeah, yeah. And I think definitely. That, I, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it and it is the sort of thing where like it ends up be
1: working for both parties. Like mm-hmm. in the way where. I don't know. You can just watch this without having seen I mean you should probably watch some Doctor Who before watching this. Um but <laughs> it 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 just it works as that bridge, which I think is really interesting and like does that really great nod to the future which we're going to talk about because we have to. Um but you know it, it, that bridge is really important and like funny because like I never wanted to see the time war and I still don't. And I think and, that, and we didn't really. Yeah. We saw like one little skirmish in the middle of this, which was right. just, we like, saw a
0: battle. We didn't yeah. see the time war, which I think is, is great. Cause I still don't think we have any, any, any idea or, or any, 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 any idea whatsoever of, of what, why it's called the time war. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I think is good. Because yeah. that leaves that up. You yeah. Know, like we don't need that explanation. Just like we didn't need the explanation of what the clone war was. Were. Yeah. Um, but we we got that explanation and it was awful. Yeah. Um, it was, it was <laughs> that's not what, I not wanted. what we wanted. <laughs> to happen with the time war
1: <laughs> yeah there were a bunch of clones who fought in a war that's what you want right like <laughs> stupid <laughs> stupid um <laughs> but like i like that i like that if you're if he, d- he did the time war and he just did the last battle of the time war which was fall of acadia um which uh the 10th doctor mentioned in doomsday um and it was i mean it was it was cool it reminded me a lot of like i don't know the battle of serenity valley and firefly um oh, just yeah. like sci-fi wars always tend to look exactly the same. Um but it i mean it it worked in a way where it was just like it was just like a hint at it and i i would like this to be the only thing that we see of it and i think that it is the sort of thing where it will satisfy the people who wanted it um but also leaves people like me who didn't want to see it like i i didn't i had no complaints about it like i didn't complain about it at all um mm-hmm. sounds like i am but i didn't um and I, and I like that. I think that that's, like... I mean, it was exactly the way that it was supposed to be, and it managed to get Daleks in there, which was nice, and mm-hmm. an exploding Dalek. It was a Dalek happy medium. medium, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's, like, what makes this really interesting, is, like, it is... Despite the fact that it does have many excesses of Moffat, it is the sort of thing where it is very restrained in the sense where it's like, I can't just do everything. Like, I can't just, just go completely crazy with my, with my wild excesses. Um, and that's great. Like, I love that he had restraint in here in a way that was like satisfying, like deeply satisfying. And, I don't know. makes me wonder how much Davies was pulling him back, especially early on. Because um, by Silence of the Library, he's kind of mostly not touching Moffat's scripts. But um, it makes me interested in just that. And I think that, you know, Moffitt is a person who kind of needs restraint. I mean, Davies did too, don't get me wrong. But I feel like the Moffat, <laughs> the lack of Moffat restraint is something that irks me much more than the lack of Davies restraint, because I appreciate Davies more than I appreciate Moffat. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, I like I like the time war here, and I like that it is the sort of thing where it like it gives you that, and it it does massive retcons to it, and uh, it's great. Like, it's really it's great and fantastic and wonderful and all mm-hmm. sorts of that. Um, uh, let me see uh, the one thing that I really like, and I guess I guess I should just say this because I think that. Um, Uh, This might be a controversial notion, but of everyone, I think that the person who was the most slighted by it was David Tennant. I didn't think that – and I don't Mm -hmm. think that he didn't do a good job. I just think that Moffat didn't give him anything to do that much, Um, Mm -hmm. really. And I think that – and I don't mind that because as weird as this is going to sound – you're always going to get someone who's slighted and I would rather it be him be one, because I have four or I have three and a half great seasons of him that I can just go back and do anytime. Um, mm-hmm. but also it is a Matt Smith story. And it's a John Hurt story, and I want more of them than I want more of Tenet. Tenet kind of gets to just go around and just mimic Matt Smith, which was fun and great and doing all that. But I I thought that that was a really interesting thing. Like, of the three, I wasn't expecting to have Tenet slighted. And if that, I wasn't expecting to be as okay with it as I was. Mm -hmm. Um
0: because of the nature of the story, you know? Yes, Like, absolutely. if this wasn't just another episode, then we would feel slighted. But because it is just another episode and the continuing adventures of the 11th Doctor mm-hmm. and the story of the 11th Doctor, like, uh, the 10th Doctor being slighted is just like, Meh, yeah, that's fine.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I was also really surprised that, like, uh, you look at the other anniversary specials and so much, and, like,
0: even Big Finish did this,
1: but... um, so much of them, them are about, like, splitting the doctors into teams or it's having them go off by themselves and seeing, like, a, a rousing adventure of that. I really like that once David Tennant and Matt Smith meet up, they are basically <laughs> stuck together for the rest of the time. There's mm-hmm. no real scene where Tennant is alone after that. Um hmm and I think that that's, like, an interesting way. It is a way of just, like, keeping the things moving and having the doctors play off of each other without being, like, just too much, like, pointing out their differences, um, which they got mm-hmm. got rid of very early on and just, like, would do small barbs later. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Well, and and I think that of all the things, like, I'm impressed with a lot of this. Um, and there's, yes. there's a lot of questions where uh, th- that, that Moffat answered where I was like, oh yeah, okay. That is, that is an adequate answer to that question that you presented early in your run, you know? Um, and, and like the time war and Gallifrey and all that stuff. I'm just like, okay, good, good, good. Um, and, and he even, he even layered in, uh, the, the thing where it's like, no, 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 this doesn't contradict the end of time. Um, which I I love, just as a throwaway line. Yeah, the High Council's doing their own thing. I was like, yep, yeah. yep, that's enough. Perfect. Good. Good going, Moffat. <laughs> um, I, I loved that. I thought that was great. But the one thing that I wasn't expecting, like, I knew they were dealing with the, the uh, Elizabeth I stuff. And I was like, I was like, ah, it's not going to be good. Like, I, and I was like, I was like, he's not gonna have a, a good enough explanation for me, for her hating him so much. Um, because that was something that, you know, Russell D- Davies set up in series three, um, yes. in, in, in the Shakespeare code. And it was just this throwaway gag that I'm sure he just, just amused him. I'm sure it was just a thing where he was like, oh, that would, that, that tickles me. So I'm just gonna do it, cause why not? Um, <laughs> and, and he did it, and, and then he kept, referring back to it because he thought it was funny and then Moffitt picked up that that <laughs> that baton and kept referencing it and and because it was just funny and it had gotten to a point where they'd been talking about it for so long and making reference to it for so long it was like there's there's now there's literally no way you can do this and have it pay off well enough for me mm-hmm. and then they did it and i'm like oh no actually that works perfectly i love that um <laughs> Which I was not expecting because because you're right. Like Tennant is slighted, but he does get that entire Elizabeth one storyline, uh, basically just set in stone. Um, yes, and and in a way that perfectly works.
1: Yeah, and the sort of thing where uh, slightly controversial thought, um, and maybe not controversial, but like Moffat has his own themes and motifs that keep coming back, and. I, it, it was so weird seeing Tennant within the Moffat oeuvre in the sense that um, uh, he is concerned. Like, Moffat's thing is that Moffat has a problem with women. As we've discussed ad nauseum, uh, he has he has this thing where he doesn't do women very very well. And the Doctor has always been like super smoochy. I was talking to a Doctor Who fan who uh, was just like, you know, I would have liked I would have liked Smith more, but he's just so smoochy with everyone. It's so flirtatious, and I'm like, that's not a Smith thing. That's a Moffat thing. Um, mm-hmm. So. He's fascinated with the the flirtation and seeing the tenth doctor, who wasn't really that flirty at all. Um, in part because he was written by a gay man, I'm very certain that that's the case. Um, uh, guy who's not like this doctor who hasn't been super flirty, being super flirty within the context of this Elizabeth the First storyline. And I was just like, "All oh, right, this is the tenth doctor written by Stephen Moffat." Um, mm-hmm. Much in the way seeing. Uh, the eleventh Doctor, written by Russell T Davies, and that Sarah Jane adventure was totally weird and different. Um, well,
0: and it's funny because if you go back and you you look at at um, Moffat's episodes, two of of the the four stories that he wrote as um, before he was showrunner, mm-hmm. feature the Doctor getting smoochy and romantic with a mysterious woman. Yes. Um, so obviously that's a thing that he's interested in. Yes, Um, absolutely. And and it's, and it's a thing where it's like, and I think that the, the difference between him and Davies in that respect is that I think that Davies saw the doctor as a romantic figure, but he, he saw him as romantic by default where, where it was more of a thing where it's like, well, of course people see this guy as romantic. Look at him. Like, he, he steals you away. You go on an adventure. That's romantic. So, of course, like, he, he sees him as, like, romantic by default. Like, romantic, and it's not the doctor's fault. It's just the nature of what he does as a character is a very, very romantic idea. Whereas yes. Moffat is like, is like, oh, you want romance? Well, I'll show you romance. <laughs> Which is like a totally different take. Yes. Um, So, so yeah, so uh, I think you're right. Although I, again, again, Moffat finds a way to have his cake and eat it where he's, he has the doctor being super romantic, but then it ends up all just being part of his plan to trap the Zygon. Mm -hmm. And then he gets in over his head, which is also a a Moffat thing. Um, Mm -hmm. The, the in over your head thing and kind of a tenant thing that happened a lot with tenants. Definitely. Um, The, the, oh, I've got this all planned out. Oh, no, I don't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's totally a tenant thing. So, like, I just think it worked really across the board. Um, and, and makes total sense why she was so cross with him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, and it also slots it really nicely where, I mean, the theory was like, we weren't sure where this was coming from the 10th Doctor's time stream, where if it was like, uh, after waters of Mars or somewhere in the Rose era. And uh, that answers the question because you know, the in end of time at the very beginning, the doctor says, Oh, good queen Bess can't call her a virgin anymore or something like that. Um, and I think that that's like, I mean, that's a really smart move because it does get to like this doctor towards the end of, as John Hurt says in this, the end of his regret. Um, and I find that that's really interesting and ties in very nicely to what, um, to what uh, Moffat is other his other thing is, which is children. I mean, Moff- the Moffat era has been so concerned with children in a way that the Davies era never was. Um, and I don't, I don't, I honestly don't think that's a bad thing. That's not a thing that I will ever really complain about. Unlike other people who will, because they're just like, so many kids, and I'm like, I don't care, because um, it's cool. Uh, the thing where it's like, how many children were in Gallifrey this day? Um, that's a moffat thing that does that is the sort of thing that Davies never would have written and i but i liked it here and it works very well within the narrative of like i love the line uh, the one who forgets and the one who regrets or the one who regrets and the one who forgets like that's so brilliant and that's just mm-hmm. that's that's a line where it's like moffat is very, very 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 brilliant person um and i don't and i feel like he throws away those sorts of lines a lot but This worked because it ties into like this theme of like, you know, accepting like who you were and like, like being okay with the past and how you can't really regret your decisions super duper much. And that, that was really, really nice. Like that, that forgets regrets line. Like when, when he said that, I mean, I didn't realize it at the time, but subconsciously the entire thing just clicked for me. And I was like, oh, this isn't the Moffat that we've been getting lately. Like this is not the Moffat who, wrote bells of st john snowmen wedding river song angels take manhattan this is a guy who really has a very clear vision about what he wants to say about you know not just the doctor but people um Mm -hmm. and i think that that's really important and that's the sort of thing where i hope that moffat does more like that in the future Mm -hmm. just because i
0: you know what i think it is i think it's that he likes I, i i think that This new era of Moffat. I don't think he has anything more to say on a day to day basis with the doctor. I think he said everything that he could possibly say. But if you tell Moffat, we want you to write an anniversary story. Oh, well, that's something different. That that's that's a once that's a that's a once in a career kind of thing. Like yeah. I'm only gonna be able to do this once. This is the one anniversary story I would wanna say. Which is why I'm looking forward to the Christmas special so much because he's not gonna write another regeneration story. This is it. Yeah. Um I, I mean I mean, you could argue with me, like maybe he'll he'll stay on through Capaldi's era too, but I I really don't think so. Um I, I think he'll oversee. Like my theory is that uh Matt Smith's regeneration story may very well be the last time that Moffat is entirely hands on. I mm. think he's going to take a bit of a back seat in the next season. Um hmm. and oversee it but not necessarily write as often as he did before. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, I don't think So I'm wrong. so that's why I'm really excited about the next one because again, it's like, well, he might not have anything more to say about the Doctor as a character, but he might have something to say about him regenerating.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and it is the sort of thing where, you know, we haven't seen a Moffat regeneration. And right. think about the last time a writer went really long without writing a, a regeneration story. Uh it, it's the greatest Doctor Who story that's ever been. So <laughs> yeah. So that happens because Robert Holmes was writing what, he started on season six and he didn't get a regeneration story until season 21 so he went 15 years thinking about like what a regeneration story could be and maybe just tossing it around in his head and came up with the best one and i you know moffat doesn't have necessarily 15 years okay maybe he has a lifetime but i'm so interested in seeing what a moffat regeneration story looks like because we know what a date we know what a Davies regeneration story looks like we know what a very mm-hmm. less regeneration story looks like but mm-hmm. um We kind of haven't gotten one in the modern era that wasn't written by Davies. And I think that that's a really interesting thing because, you know, if you look at the classic series, they were all written by different people. Um, and not oftentimes not with any sort of regard for anything. I think the closest that isn't caves that I can come up with is Legopolis. And even then Legopolis is really not perfect. Um, as much as I don't mind it, um, and I'm just interested to see, like, not just, like, like a Moffat regeneration, like, what that looks like, how how that goes. Because, like, I have my own theories about what he might try to do with it. And I don't know if they'll work. I've been thinking about it, and I have no idea how you can get them to work. If anyone can figure out it's him. But, because mm-hmm. uh, it does involve a lot of time travel. Um, but uh, I'm I'm fascinated to see what it looks like. And I'm fascinated to see what other regenerations look like. And I was thinking about, like, not just the 50th, but the 100th, and how it took us, you know, 12 doctors to get here uh, we're probably gonna be on like 40 by the time that it re- that the show gets to a 100 um, yeah, sure I, don't,
0: I don't think this is getting canceled again I really
1: know no I hope not and even if it does here's the other thing even if it does it will be back for the hundredth like yeah it'll, it'll be back again because um, we because we saw doctor who get canceled before and if there's one thing the cancellation taught us it's just like it's not a matter of like is it over it's a matter of when um yeah mm-hmm it has to come back because someone will come by with a fresh reboot idea and that reboot idea is probably going to be great because it is a reboot and who doesn't love Mm -hmm. a doctor who reboot um Mm -hmm. it's gonna be fantastic um
0: we also um i guess before i don't know if we have much else to talk about what day of the doctor but i do want to say i do want to say we uh we got our first look at peter capaldi Um, (laughs) oh did we which was a lot of fun and some, but something that I thought of that I haven't seen anyone else say, because everyone seems to have, uh, to agree that, oh, they showed his eyes because they don't want to show the costume because they don't have the costume picked out, which may very well be the case. But I, my theory is that they only showed the eyes because Capaldi has facial hair mm. Mm. and they didn't want to reveal the facial hair. Mm. That's interesting. Hmm. That's yeah right.
1: Yeah, yeah. I never, I never thought of it that way. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that that's probably not a bad way. I think that what's interesting though is if that's the case. Um, what, a, what a genius way, like, to just tease it. Like that's probably one of the best Doctor Who teases I think I've ever seen. Like just mm-hmm. ever. Where it's just like, where it's just like, just that shot of him looking up and just being like, oh, that's
0: new. Like, yeah. oh, oh yeah, oh. oh because <laughs> <laughs> it was intense it was intense yeah and it's a thing where it's like oh so like it's so funny because you get that little it's it's like three seconds that shot. yeah yeah it's three seconds so we get three seconds of the doctor and arguably only two of those seconds he's looking at us so yeah. we really only get like two seconds of this doctor and already you're just like oh wow that is different um, yes in a yes. really great way
1: yeah because he looks he looks angry Like, yeah, like angry and just like full of this fire that I'm just like, oh, I haven't seen that in a while. Like that was like family of blood turned up to 11, like Mm -hmm. just crazy. And I just I can't wait to see what he looks like. I just can't wait to see like what his doctor's going to look like and who knows what, like who knows what, you know, I
0: have, I have a theory about, about all of that, but I'll talk to you about that off mic. (laughs) I don't want to talk about it here and, and, and be right. And I'm not saying that there's, there's little to no chance that I would be right, but in the off chance that I would be right, I don't want to spoil it for anybody because it would be cool. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but, but yeah, so I, I am, I am really looking forward to, uh, to 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 the Christmas special, whatever it's called. Uh, thanks for letting us know, BBC. By the way, um, I was I was really happy to uh, not see that the Doctor is going to be returning in anything. Um, also also, thanks for the ten second teaser trailer uh, that you released online after the special. <laughs> it's, it's all uh, yeah, no, it's 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 really uh, you're really it's it's working out. It's working out for you guys. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. um. yeah, so uh, yep. uh, yeah, Christmas special really looking forward to that really looking um, forward to it I, I can't wait to see what a regeneration from him looks like oh my god
1: yeah, it's um, going to be fascinating at the very yeah. least
0: I know, it is, because it's like it's like you look at Eccleston's Regeneration We and we just talked about it um, a couple of weeks ago and it's so good, and it's like that big, like, sacrifice thing, which, I mean, I guess Tenants is like, is that as well, but it's, it's not as, um, abrupt. Bom- yeah, it's not as bombastic, right. I suppose. Right. Um, well, it's less romantic. That's what it is. It's less romantic. Mm. Um, and it's more tragic. It's tragic rather than romantic. Whereas, like, Eccleston is very romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, yeah, and then Tenants is very tragic. And it's, and it's great because, like, they're both sad, but in very different ways. Like, uh, uh, Eccleston's is very celebratory, sad, whereas Tennant's is, um, sorrow, just sorrow. Yeah. Like, like, I can't believe this is it, um, sort of thing. And, uh, I, I don't, I have no idea what Matt Smith's doctor going out is going to look like mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be fascinated to see that. That being said, man, I'll tell you what, the more I think about, uh, Jenna Coleman and Peter Capaldi, I'm like, that's, that's nice. That's good. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot.
1: Definitely. Cause like Definitely.
0: her, the way she interacted with, uh, John Hurt doctor, like I was like, mm, that's a taste of things to come. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. liked it. Like and it. she was and she was so good here. Like she was so good here. She was really good. That that's the thing is I uh, now that she's just a companion, um, I think that this is this is the first time <coughs> that we've seen her be just a companion. I think that it, it works a lot better. Yeah, um, yeah. Now that she's not the most important companion ever. Um, Which is, you know, it's, it's just, it's a choice. It's whatever, it's fine. That's, (laughs) and it's, it's indicative of, of Moffat and, and only wanting to tell stories that matter, quote unquote matter. Um, so that's, that's what happens. Um, but like, you know, first he writes the in-laws and now he writes, um, now, now he writes the most important companion ever. Um, and it's, it's, it's what it is. But I, I really think that, the Capaldi era is going to be a thing where he lets all of that go. The most important story ever, and just starts. I, I just starts letting people tell Doctor Who stories. I
1: think. Yeah, um, I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. Uh, that would be would be really good because I don't. I, I grow weary of the most important story ever. Like mm-hmm. Midnight is a story that I keep coming back to. Is just like. Midnight is amazing, but Midnight is in no way the most important story ever, and I think that that's really important to like remember and notice. Is just like it doesn't have to be amazing to be an amazing Doctor Who story, you know?
0: Uh-huh. So, God, yeah. I love I I love Smith calling match Matchstick Man. <laughs> it's so good.
1: Uh, that's funny. Mm.
0: Doing his Donna impression, <laughs> Um... <laughs> All right, so that's, uh, that's the Day of the Doctor. Can't wait for the Christmas special. So we're going to talk about The Light at the End in just a second. Before we do, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you get from a local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off or regular discounts at 40% off. And then you can ship as often as you like with the orders as large or small as you like. And you only pay $6.95 in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. The Light at the End... Uh, written and directed by Nicholas Briggs. Um, this is the Big Finish Audio, uh, uh, 50th anniversary special that features, uh, the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th Doctors, um, in, uh, in an adventure that involves, uh, November 23rd, 1963. Um, for, uh, reasons that should probably seem obvious. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so I think that, um, I think that this was, this was a lot of fun. And what I'll say, this was the, uh, this was the deadly assassin master, right? Yeah. Keeper of yeah. Trocken
1: specifically, but yeah.
0: Oh, Keeper of Trocken. Oh, okay. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it's, 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 that's right. I forgot that there were two gooey masters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the thing that I really liked about his master, He's got like a Vincent Price thing going on, which is just like it's kinda sexy. I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's kinda sexy. I liked it. <laughs> um it was it was really good. Uh but I um I, I think that this was uh it was a lot of fun. Um and this but this is what I'm talking about when I say that the Day of the Doctor was just an episode and most anniversary specials are like side adventures that have nothing to do with anything and are really just celebratory and just a celebratory adventure that that involves every doctor they can get their hands on um and that's what this is and this is this is definitely in the vein of like the five doctors or the three doctors um Mm -hmm. and um that's not a bad thing it's just uh you know it's just it is what it is. I'll I'll say it was nice having oh yeah, we didn't even talk about about Tom Baker and Dave the Doctor. Um oh, We did not. Oops. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> oops. Yeah. Oops. Um we'll, we'll do that in a second. Um But it was nice having Tom Baker in, in this the anniversary special. It's funny that he does he's doing he does two this year and uh but still avoids another one, which is funny. Um <clears throat> but it's uh it's it's just funny that because he was like he was the guy that was just like eh now i'm done um and he's finally like uh, like near the end of his life is finally like you know what those were good times i should i should i should uh play around with that some more (laughs) yeah which is which is just funny to me um but he will not play himself apparently um (laughs) but uh but yeah no uh This was, I mean, it was fun. It was, it was fun. It was, oh, it's so great hearing Charlie again. I forgot how much I I missed Charlie and Eighth Doctor. Like, oh, they're so good together. Yeah. Um, As much as I love Lucy, because Lucy's still my favorite Eighth Doctor companion. But I love Lucy as a character separate. But, like, as a unit, I I really love Eighth Doctor Charlie. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely. I I forgot how much I liked her as well. Just in the way where... They just have such a good thing, and it's a bummer that they got so mired down in in weirdness. Um, but man, hearing her for the first time, I got so excited. I was just like, "Oh, I love you!" And they didn't even like just like blow her off like they did. I feel like they did for some of the other companions where they were just kind of waiting to write that per- character out. Like I feel like Charlie had some good moments in here, and the one uh-huh. companion who I feel stands out more than anyone, um, yeah, of the of the five companions who were in this, because uh, it was like Nissa. Nissa, Leela, Ace, Perry, and Charlie. And Charlie was the one who I easily like, gravitated to the most, which was really great. Um, Although
0: Ace was really wonderful in this
1: as well. Ace, Oh, Ace was so wonderful in this. Um, yeah. I'd, say, so I'd say
0: Nissa probably got the, the short stick. But then again, I, I feel like the fifth Doctor generally got a short stick in this one mm-hmm. um, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I, I don't disagree at all. Um, I think that they try, what, what I find interesting is that they really tried to make him super interesting. And I think that this is some of the, some, some of the better fifth doctor, but the problem is like Colin Baker has such gravitas. Like he's the one who gets the explanation and the seventh Mm -hmm. doctor gets to just like run around and be a (laughs) madman and silly and all that sort of thing. And like uh, teaming up the fourth and the eighth doctor is in a way genius, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, but Mm -hmm. it's interesting because the fifth doctor is the one who's like responsible for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. he's the one brings the kind of the TARDIS at the end of episode one and causes the explosion. Um, right. But it is interesting just in the way where it's like, you can almost tell that Big Finish is like almost to a good point with the fifth Doctor. They're just not there yet. And, mm-hmm. you know, it is did, taking w- a long time. But Did you they
0: know, hire actors to play uh, first through third Doctors or was, was that
1: archive footage? The, it was not archive footage. It's actually uh, the second Doctor was Frasier Hines. Amongst other things, I don't remember who played the other ones. I think Peter Purvis, who plays uh Stephen was the um uh, 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 first doctor and I don't remember who they got for the third doctor, but those are all actually mm-hmm. old companions who were playing that and there were and those companions were also in this um which I liked but that wasn't archive footage that's the sort that's how they do um uh, that's how they do companion chronicles is they'll just do uh, uh those companions doing doctor impressions, which I think uh, is really interesting yeah. No, no, no yeah okay. interesting oh william russell played the first doctor and tim traylor played the third doctor um which is funny because he was the weak one of this of the of the three of those um because i was i could never tell when the third doctor was talking
0: <laughs> i could t- i could always tell when the third doctor was talking because he talks with a lisp <laughs> um, i couldn't tell the difference between the first and second mm. um so See, I, my
1: my thing is that I've heard like some of the second doctor companion chronicles so I can and ah. I can pick out like cuz once you've heard J- uh, Fraser Hines doing uh second doctor you can't unhear it cuz it's so good um mm. It, it, it misses – I feel like the second Doctor – his second Doctor is interesting because it misses inflection. What he miss, What he lacks in it is that the second Doctor has, like, a higher range that he goes to, like, oh, dear, like, up there. Whereas his mm-hmm. Doctor is always uh, – Fraser Hines' version of the second Doctor is always, like, gravelly and rough, yeah. um, which I think plays to his strength. But it's just yeah. interesting, I think. Um,
0: yeah. 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 I, I, I'm surprised they couldn't get Sean Pertwee to play his dad. <laughs>
1: well, I don't think Sean Pertwee was interested. Oh, maybe <laughs> as evidenced by the first scene of the Five ish Daffy's reboot. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's true. Um, I don't know, but uh, no, I, I I don't I don't disagree. Maybe his voice is just off. I don't know. Um, mm. But I'm glad you I'm glad you liked it. I liked it a lot as well. I think that it is the sort of thing where I just kind of wanted a fun two hours, and it is <clears> kind of two hours. I listened to it twice because I was like, well, I want to listen to it again, and it it plays just as well the second time. I think that. It's a great use of the of the five doctors, and they all kind of have a moment and it it was, it was fun it was a lot of fun. I really recommend this just has a bit of fun um uh, yeah, just great, just mm-hmm. so great
0: um I find though that between this and the day of the doctor um everyone's opinion of the fourth doctor seems to be that he's just a lunatic um. <laughs> like he just he just like he just seems like a lunatic like uh, like somebody who just broke out of the asylum kind of a lunatic um which is is uh, a choice i guess um and and it might have something to do with the fourth doctor with with Tom Baker's performance um but he uh it, it really in both cases he just seems like uh like, like, a, like a senile old man who just broke out of an asylum, out of a mental hospital, <laughs> <laughs> threw on a s- scarf and started acting like a lunatic. Um, see, see, I think that's
1: more of like an interpretation of the character where if you look at all of the Doctors, the fourth Doctor is easily the most batty. Like... Just Mm -hmm. way out there. I just think that it's funny because, you know, that we've had, you know, almost 30, we've had 30 years to reflect on the fourth Doctor. And I think that that's the thing that they always take up is like, you know, he's a wild card. He's just kind of, he is, he is kind of a lunatic. I don't, I, I, I think that that's how I would write him as slightly more lunatic-y than the other ones. It's just really funny how much that comes out in something like Big Finish, which is written by a bunch of really talented fanboys. Um... Mm -hmm. And that's... I don't mean that derogatorily. I just think that they're all clearly fans. Um, and well, clearly I think that that's interesting. as well, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he is a lunatic. Like, I, I, would, I would give it to them. Like, I'll give it to them. It, it, it makes the fourth Doctor Adventures play exactly the same, because he is kind of like a... He just... He's just running around like a crazy person that's
0: well that's... well it's not it's not see his adventures, I think the fourth doctor audio adventures like aren't like that so much because he has more room to do all of the things that he does. but I find it interesting that when he's boiled down to sound bites as he is in the day of the doctor and in the light at the end, they boil him down to just lunacy like he's just a crazy person um <laughs> And I, I just think it's interesting that that's their choice of how to boil that character down. Um, I mean, it's, it's weird to see the fourth doctor interacting with, uh, with the eleventh doctor and being the crazy one. Like, it's just, it's, it's, <laughs> it's very strange. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know. It's, uh, uh, it it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel <clears throat> completely right to me. Mm. Um, but, but again, though, it's like, it's the difference between sound bites or whatever. It's like if, if you ever had the 11th doctor come out b- come back and sound bites, it would, it would all, you know, be fezzes and bow ties are cool and whatnot. Um, you know, I'm just realizing now that the 11th doctor really into accessories. Okay, um, so he, he accessorizes so much. <laughs> he's way into accessories. Um, but, uh, oh, oh, I do want to say this though. One thing I noticed watching day of the doctor, I think, I think his current costume is like my favorite costume of all of the doctors. It's really good. The one with the waistcoat and the watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Like the purple coat, the purple coat. and Oh, it's so good. Um, it just makes me sad that he burned through two great costumes. Um, Because it's like, man, save something for the rest for the rest of the doctors, guy. <laughs> save something for Capaldi. I just
1: want Capaldi to just walk around in like uh, Daft Punk t shirts or something. I don't know, like or mm. Sex Pistols t shirts. That's what I meant. Like just, mm. just.
0: Well, I mean, we remember that that drawing that I showed you. Oh yeah, I do. yeah, where it's like he's wearing like just like a, a, a rock band t shirt with a with a uh, with a. Uh, sports jacket and a scarf like a silk <laughs> scarf and we just like mm, that's nice i like that actually yeah, it is really nice <laughs> yeah um yeah. but uh yeah, yeah so anyway but fourth doctor like i i just think it's interesting it it just i wish he had gotten involved again with big finish like 10 years ago um rather than just now because i mean i feel like at best we have 10 years with him at mm-hmm, best mm-hmm. um and that's, that's assuming that, uh, he doesn't, you know, just get kind of old and senile before he goes. Um, <laughs> that's true. Well, I mean, it's a thing that happens sometimes, you know, who knows? Oh, it is. I'm, I'm, I mean,
1: my joke is just like, maybe he's senile already. Like, <laughs> yeah, well,
0: <laughs> based on his scene in day of the doctor, I would not be surprised. Um, <laughs> it was that whole thing with the nose and like the giggling and it was very strange. Um, <laughs> It's very strange or like the thing where he was just like, <laughs> he did that thing. I mean, and to be fair, this is absolutely a fourth doctor thing, but it was just, it was weird seeing it now. Um, in the Moffat era is like, he does that thing where he, it's like Tom Baker makes an acting choice and then changes halfway through the line, <laughs> <laughs> like changes his mind about how he's going to perform it. Um, yeah. Which is a thing that he did throughout his era as the Fourth Doctor, but it was weird seeing it there because it's just it's so boiled down to that moment where when you see it, you're just like, okay, this guy's really weird. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um. Uh.
1: But, but yeah, the I, I guess the, the, first of all, the Tom Baker thing in Day of the Doctor had me in tears just because I was like, oh, I didn't, I forget how much I like him. Um, uh huh which is weird because I didn't when I started. Um, but uh, funny funny because I, 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 I love that cameo. Like, I thought it was a really great cameo. Um, and it was just clever and interesting. And I was just crying, so I had to watch it, like, three times. Um, I was crying all three times. <laughs> but, like, what a, what an interesting... What a great way to get him in. Like, what a great way to, like, do it. I wish that they had been able to do that with other people, but uh, whatever. Um, and I think that, you know... It is a great way of just, like, celebrating the show and just seeing him again was just thrilling it, as everything. It
0: would have been really cool if he would – after he said just some of the old fa- favorites, eh? And then everyone else walks around the corner. Yeah. Oh, and my God. And it's just God. the idea, like, as a – retire, like, when, when he's retired, like, he just – he just turns back into all of his old faces and they all just hang out together in this museum.
1: <laughs> and look at paintings all day. Like, that's
0: – yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah, oh, that would have been so awesome. Yeah, um, and and like they wouldn't even had to say anything at that point. Really, they could have mm-hmm. just walked around the corner and been like, "Hi." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that would have been great.
1: Yeah, oh. oh, it would have been so good. Oh, oh, it was th-
0: also nice seeing a little bit of Eccleston's face.
1: Yeah, that was that was nice. Totally not archive footage from uh, uh, Parting of the Ways at all. Um, well. <laughs> No, I didn't. I don't mind it. I'm not. I'm not complaining. But I thought it was. I thought it was. I, I
0: thought that it was. I thought it worked. Really. Oh no 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 no. You're. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when uh, John Hurt is regenerating. Yes. No. That. You, yeah. You, that was. You start was to great. see Eccleston's face form, and you're like, "Hmm, that's nice." That is
1: nice. Good work, CGIers. Good work, CGIers. Showing just enough of his face that you don't have to pay royalty. Like that. Was, I yeah. mean, that was. It was smart, but like really clever in a way where it was just like I was just like it's exactly kind of what I wanted from the John Hurt. Thing. Yeah. And it it completely clears the air of like of like uh, McGann turns into Hurt and then Hurt turns into Eccleston and it mm-hmm. and and he does re- regenerate just kind of. I,
0: love, I hope the ears are a little little more conspicuous. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, great. Um and
1: oh god, John Hurt's TARDIS is great. Oh oh, I a, know what a know. bridge TARDIS. Oh thank God. Um
0: yeah, everything's a bridge. I love it.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, the one language. thing I wanted to mention about Light at the End is the the punchline was so funny. Like, the thing where at the end of the story, like, you have this guy who the doctor uh, is kind of – the guy who kind of destroyed the world. The doctor just has this idea where he's like, Did I, I need to go see this guy. And so the eighth doctor goes to visit him. He's like, I just want to make sure if you're okay. And the dude's just like, another one of you all of you have shown up tonight and I don't know why like was (laughs) so funny. I was like, I was like, that is so clever. Like that is just (laughs) so funny. And they're just like, and then the doctor's just like, now I feel like a jerk. I'm leaving. Like, (laughs) it was so funny. Like, oh my God, it was so funny. Um, and, yeah, like, and, and the other thing that was really great, just as a big Finnish fan, is pairing off the fourth Doctor and the eighth Doctor together is great because they kind of have their own adventures, um, and then the fifth, or fifth, sixth, and seventh have the main range, and they were kind of a team in the second half, which I thought was really great. Um mm-hmm. Just fun. Light of it, the was, end was yeah, just it was so really fun.
0: well constructed. It really was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, there's and, parts and,
1: of it that are really confusing, but like when you get to the end, like you get it, and yeah. the idea of a conceptual bomb is really amazing. Um, yeah, and just giant sci-fi. And
0: well, I, I love the conceptual bomb because it's literally like it, it it blew like the Tardis blows his mind and then blows up everything else. <laughs> like I I love I love that idea of like taking that that fanboy concept of like oh it blew my mind. And, like, turning that into a weapon. (laughs) It's it's actually really great. Um, Yes, yes. uh, Such a good idea. Uh, I love that. Um, But, yeah, no, the fourth and eighth doctor especially, like, uh, it's it's amazing how contradictory they are as doctors. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you don't notice until you have them interacting with each other.
1: Yeah, and then you're like, this is weird. Yeah,
0: (laughs) this is super weird. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Um, it's great, though.
1: Yeah. So, so good. So good.
0: Um, Yeah. I I recommend
1: it to everyone. Everyone should listen to it. It's, Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. It's not a bad place to start with Big Finish. I mean... Yeah. I rec- I recommend knowing the doctor's a little bit before you go cuz like it- otherwise you might get confused as to who's who. Um
0: Oh yes, sure.
1: But uh not a not a not disappointing. Not that it
0: matters because ultimately there's only two male voices who aren't the doctor in this. <laughs> so I mean as long as you know that they're the doctor, like really that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Technically so yeah, anyway, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So we're going to talk about the, the five ish doctors reboot. Um, before we do, I want to remind you that today's episode is also brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase any paperback, hardcover omnibus or absolute edition at 35 to 45% off. Plus new release specials are 50% off every week. And remember all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. So, uh, the five ish doctors reboot is a short film written and directed by Peter Davison. Um, and it's all about, uh, the, the actors, Peter Davison, uh, Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy specifically. Um, cause Paul McGann is in it, but he's in it as sort of a, uh, like a cameo thing where he's just like, I I'm in. And then you never see him again. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, so it's really about those three guys, um, which is weird, which is, which is another reason why it's weird. It's called, like, Five-ish Doctors and there. I don't know. Um, but it's, uh, it's about those three actors trying to be a part of the 50th anniversary special. Um, so it's, it's just about them, like, calling up Moffat, and it's, it's all very inside baseball, um, with, like, lots of, uh, references and um uh, uh like tons of references and then like just just cameos and just oh it's so it's so fun like like moffat is in this um uh, he's like he's he's like a villain um which is um, <laughs> incredible um uh, moffat's in this uh, and and like this this thing proved that moffat has such a sense of humor about himself um and about like the way he's depicted in things and then like you get that Rus- that great Russell C Davies thing at the end um which is which is so much fun and uh so you get both Joe runners of of the new uh new Doctor Who and then you get people like Sean Pertwee and you get David Tennant is in this and Matt Smith is in this George, georgia Moffat giving birth
1: like yeah georgia
0: <laughs> martin giving birth tom tom baker is in this using archival footage from Shawna, which is the what? best inside joke
1: yeah archive footage from Shawna and the five doctors
0: yeah <laughs> oh so good Peter, so Peter Jackson's in this. How the Peter hell Jackson did they do that? Ian McKellen.
1: Ian McKellen. Yeah. yeah, Ian McKellen
0: dressed as Gandalf. Like yeah.
1: what the hell happened? Like yeah, it's completely
0: insane. Oh. oh, it's so funny. It's, oh, it's so funny. It's it's ridiculously funny. Like there's a scene in this where Colin Baker gets a package of his newest released adventure on DVD, and he he traps his family inside and makes them watch with him.
1: With, and the extra special features that he's on like
0: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so great. they're just he just goes to sit down and they've all left the couch and you hear them messing with the door and he's like don't bother I've locked it from the outside <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh
1: man yeah I knew I knew it was gonna be good when it cuts to uh, the snowmen and and you just see Peter Davison on the couch wearing one of those little paper crowns like <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm just <laughs> Just, Which is hilarious. And then, and then it cuts to uh, Colin... <laughs>
0: his grandkids hate him. <laughs> like, his <laughs>
1: grandkids just don't like him. And then it cuts to Sylvester McCoy wearing a Hobbit t-shirt. And then it yeah. cuts to Colin Baker just sitting by the phone, looking at the phone, reading a Six Doctor magazine special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just, and I was just like, oh, this is going to be ridiculous. And then it was just wacky. Just like completely just... Silly and fun, and just like I was like, I was like, this counts. I'm going to count this as a multi doctor team up, and like just yes. so so funny. Every cameo that came up was great. John Barrowman was
0: hilarious. Like, oh my god, that <laughs> joke was. Don't don't tell anyone. And he's he's got a wife and kids <laughs> and, and and like I was watching this with Bethany, my girlfriend, and uh and, and she's just like, I don't I don't get it. I was like, oh, John Barrowman's really gay. <laughs> Like, monumentally gay. Uh, Like, he could be a gay spokesperson. He's so gay. (laughs) And and, and it's just... It's hilarious. Hilarious. And then just the joke of all of his albums. Like, just everybody has them.
1: And they're using them to get into the Doctor Who experience. Like... (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, and I just... I love seeing them in the t-shirt costumes. Yeah. With the coats. Yeah. So good, so good. Oh, oh,
1: and of course, I. Oh, god, did I love the Russell T Davies thing at the end, where he's just like, and then I come and save you,
0: like, <laughs> or maybe I don't. Maybe you die. Maybe I'm the last to survive. And and you know, you have a sonic screwdriver. Oh, well, I have, I have, I have sonic laser beams that come out of my eyes.
1: <laughs> and I'm a time lord.
0: Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. It was, it was beyond wonderful. And I was yeah. like, I I kind of had low expectations and it just blew me away as just like this wonderful piece of just like hysteria. Like I was just, it was hysterical. Colin Baker. I love Colin Baker and I love Sylvester McCoy. Like I'm a movie star now. And, and <laughs> <laughs> Colin Baker's like, I was on, I'm a celebrity in the tropics and I ate pig anus. Like, oh, oh, everyone should watch it. Oh, everyone should watch it. It was so good.
0: Yeah. Oh and, and just the best the best last beat where the the way they get into the the special is they they sneak onto set in Dalek costumes so like there's these three Daleks that are just extras in the thing, and they're supposed to be, like, secretly the the, the three of them are, like, in these Dalek costumes, and at the very end...
1: Hang on, the best part is when they lock the three in the door, one of whom is Nicholas Briggs, and, like, I guess it's the other two, like, Nicholas Pegg and stuff, and Barnaby Edwards, and they're just like, well, gents, they're they're worse off without us, and they just sit down and start
0: reading the Dalek thing again. Yeah. (laughs) So good. So so they they get into the special and like that's the end, is that they get into the special in these three these three Dalek costumes. So nobody knows that they're in it, but they know and that's good enough for them. And then you get this last this button scene at the end where Stephen Moffat's in the editing room and then he's like, Okay, that was good. What what's next? Like, oh scene nineteen, uh it's uh it's it's the three Daleks and he's like, Oh do we need that? And The guy's like, "Well, actually, we're ten minutes over." Does it? And he's like, A- "And it works without it." And Moffat's like, "Cut it." And then you just go to credits.
1: Oh, it's so great!
0: They just go to credits, and
1: then you get, and then the the editor guys sees like an additional footage of of them. Like, of them, like, being Zygons, because the people who are playing dialogues are double the Zygons, and they all get, they all get cost, they all get, like, like cloth, and they just, like, get covered by the cloth, and they're in it, in the in the, the statue's in the room.
0: That's, like, the thing. Like, it's great. It's great.
1: <laughs> so brilliant. Oh, so good. So brilliant. Oh, God. And then, and then the guy, the editor's just, like, he recognizes who they are, he's like, oh, God, we can get them in, and Moffat, sh- and Moffat shows up, and he's just like, are we good? He's like, Yeah. We're good. And so, <laughs> so they're just in it. Oh, it's so good. I, I I was blown away by how much I loved it. I was blown away. I was like, yeah. who
0: would have thought? You know? Who would yeah. thought? It's so much fun. Oh, oh God. God. And I love that it ends once and then doesn't end because there's a behind-the-scenes <laughs> documentary crew. <laughs> and then you have Colin
1: Baker and some of McCoy sleeping on each other in a bus. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, it's so good.
1: <laughs> oh, God, I love the classic Doctor so much.
0: Yeah.
1: They're all whiny about how they don't get to be in it. Oh, it's so funny.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, that's it. Um, that's uh, that's all of our 50th anniversary <laughs> festivities. Um, and now we're taking a month off. Uh, yeah. Because we're not going to come back until the Christmas special. Because it seems silly to do, like three classic who stories and then come back with the Christmas special. So, and they probably wouldn't have been that good anyways. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So we're just going to take, we're just going to take a month off. Um, and we'll be back, uh, right after, right after Christmas to talk about, um, whatever the Christmas special is called. Um, I was about to say it's called, and then I was like, Oh, that's right. It still isn't called anything like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Um, so Matt Smith's regeneration story, uh, that's when you'll hear us next. So, uh, We'll be back in about a in about a month. In the meantime, uh, make sure you're listening to our other podcasts, uh, the Mind Robbers. Uh, we had an episode about a week ago, and we're going to have another episode in about a week. Um, so, uh, so, so check that out. Um, but then also the Mind Robbers versus where we're covering Justice League Unlimited right now, and uh, I before the Christmas special airs, we'll we'll have started uh, Veronica Mars. Um so make sure that you uh you check that out if you're a Veronica Mars fan. Um that's also where you're where you will find our reviews of Thor the Dark World, uh Catching Fire, and probably The Hobbit. Um so uh speaking of Celeste McCoy. Um so uh so yeah, make sure that you uh you check that out. Um, and then you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Also Scott Commentary, where I live tweet things from time to time. Um, but I, I don't know when the next time I'll do that. Um, but uh, Scott Corelli. That's my regular Twitter handle. And I, I, I tweet. That's a thing that happens. Matt? Mm, you can find me on Twitter, Twitter.com slash and Also my alternative Twitter, Twitter account, Twitter.com
1: slash GD Commentary, where you can find my live tweets, including uh, live tweets of the OC, which are happening maybe not super soon. But I finished the thing that I wanted to finish before I've watched more of the OC. Uh so it's coming. By the end of the year I will have watched all of the O. C. which is fun. Um and then uh, also uh classicalgalfrey.blogspot.com, where you can find my thoughts on all of the classic Who uh that is on T V. So look look for the there thing. Mm. Yay. Yeah.
0: Alright. Uh and we'll we'll talk to you guys in uh in about a month. Um for uh for matt smith's regeneration story uh the christmas special whatever it's gonna be called um (laughs) we'll talk to you then bye bye guys